Hey guys, and welcome back to the 40 Yard Line podcast. Uh, uh, uh. Sorry for that brief break from last week. Sorry for week. that brief little whatever introduction. That was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was not a good start. No, that's no, yeah. a bad start. Ooh, it's gonna be a rough episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that brief break, guys. We decided just to take a little bit of time off because Austin was hit with a raging. It wasn't snow, it wasn't no, ice. It was, it was just ice. Yeah, we didn't have class for four days, guys. It was great. Nothing got done. So it, it's just really fun to be from like a more northern area and like I'd get three inches of snow and still have to go to high school and then we get a little bit of ice on the roads and suddenly I don't have school for four days. So it was terrible. I tried for three days straight to go see Puss in Boots. And each time, the, the, bus, the buses weren't just working. Nope. It, it was tragic. Uh, anyway, y'all, anyway, good to be back. It's good to be good here to on be the 40-yard line. Uh, over the last month, we actually have been taking a little bit of a, not a break, but we've been doing some little side projects that we are actually now officially able to talk to you about, so we are pretty excited with that. Now, the 40-yard line will be changing just a little bit. We will be undergoing some new changes as Evan and I are now transitioning into becoming a host on a new show on a separate podcast network where we will be covering all things Texas sports. So there will be the 40-yard line, y'all. Don't worry. The 40-yard line will still be coming out. We will still be the exact same people that we are. We promise that. It will just be a little bit less Texas-focused at times, but you can still get all the Texas content you want over on that other podcast, and we'll pass on that information soon to y'all once we have everything up and going. Yeah, well, we're really excited about it. It's something that's been a little bit in the works for a while, and we're just glad to finally be able to say, like, you know, this is happening. And like you said, it probably just means that we're going to get a little bit, te- little bit less Texas sports content, which, honestly, after, like, March, shouldn't be that big of a deal because most Definitely. of the sports are kind of not going on at that point. You know, there'll be a little more baseball, but, you know, we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, we're super excited. I'm super proud of JC over here because he's, you know, just gone into the audio department at the Daily Text and where we're doing it at, and he's already getting his own show, which is pretty unheard of for someone with such little experience to go in and just, uh, you know, make a big impact. So we're really excited. We're happy. There's some great people we'll be working with. So, uh, yeah, get ready to catch us with these, those and, uh, expect maybe the episodes to get a little bit less frequent, um, but we'll still try to keep around the same length and still try to get fun good content out to you guys as much as we can i feel like our listeners would have would have like been happier if we had said we're gonna do less longer episodes <laughs> i feel like they're like well too like, bad they're not gonna do 40 well, like, i'm, time, I'm talking about like the, the we can do 40 we can we can shoot for 40 we probably can't know in us no but we'll try this time <laughs> we'll try we'll do our best we will do our best <laughs> 60 minutes later while we're talking about this random subject in the world and it's probably still gonna be the ice storm yep yeah. Oh, man. Well, I think that takes us into a pretty good transition. <laughs> yeah. uh, like you said, though, we are really excited. Uh, for those of you who have kind of been helping us out along the way and been supporting us, thank you. Um, to be where we were, you know, second week of school, mid-August, to get to where we are now, less than a month into the new semester, that we're able to have this opportunity to produce this podcast on two different platforms and be able to talk to people, twice the amount of people of like what we do and what we love. It's 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 a dream of ours, and we're really proud. Definitely. So yeah. we are gonna continue. Don't worry. This is still my baby. My all will still be put into the forty. So we are good to get started. You know. And speaking of babies, since we're doing transitions. Oh, uh, that was a good one. You know, actually. I like uh, that. Texas basketball did some babying over the past week hey, uh, hey, since hey, that Tennessee hey. game. Uh, let's not talk about the most recent game, but uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so that means last night's Kansas, Kansas loss was. Unfortunate, but honestly, a little bit expected. It's Absolutely. very hard to win Allen Fieldhouse, but really good, really good week for this team. They got up to number five, um, and you know if they'd won this game against Kansas, probably would have been top four 
Uh, probably going to shoot, you know, into the top 10, maybe late top 10 now. But still, this is looking like a good team. And, you know, we have some notes. I was at that Baylor game, and that game was so fun to be at. The crowd's been great at the most recent games at uh, the Moody Center. And, you know, they were uh, ahead at half, which is not something that happens often for Texas <laughs> basketball. Too um, real. That was the only of these three games that they were ahead at half. And it was just, you know, they won it pretty much every part of the game. It was a close game and most, you know, close points at all times. But this team really showed up. And what they've been doing really well, which I'll kind of get into all three games, is this this game and the Kansas State game and the Kansas game, they limited every team's best player a lot. Keontae George, who is going to be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft, was, I want to say, 0 for 9 to start the game. And it wasn't just because of bad shots. It was because the defense was relentless on him. And they you know saw this freshman with not a lot of experience and hounded him on the defensive side. Uh, what I like that Terry's done is, you know, as much as we, you know, we've had our criticisms with him, especially on the defensive side, they've done a great job of going high on screens and, you know, letting players like Dylan Mitchell and Christian Bishop in the paint protect the rim. They hadn't been doing that earlier in the season. They were kind of, you know, giving them help, which was getting open three-pointers for other teams. And now the three-point percentage in all these games are awful for both teams because Texas can't shoot, but they're also making sure the other teams don't shoot. So um, really good game at ba- or for at home versus Baylor. Loved that game. They went over into Kansas to Kansas State and Manhattan to Manhattan, Kansas. Thank you. I just wanted to say, um, yeah. He just loves saying the, the cities in Kansas, <laughs> apparently. Um, and that was a game that I was pretty I, – I did not think they were going to pull out, and they had a pretty huge comeback. I think they were down by 11 at half, and, you know, just a really good run from this basketball team. Someone who's been great in all three games. Serge Abari Rice had a great game there, and great, great win for them at Kansas State. And I told JC – if we split these two road games, I'll be happy. And you know, we lost at Kansas. It was probably a little bit closer than the box score shows. Uh, up until like the first, last two, three minutes, they were really holding on. Uh, but again, down a lot at half, which just never helpful. And that Kansas crowd was crazy, I gotta say it. But I'll give it to them. Jalen Wilson, I believe, only two points on the entire game. Yep. That's a great player, probably the best player in the Big 12. And, you know, though they let Dewan Harris and Grady Dick get a little bit of, you know, a little bit more buckets than usual. They've done a great job at eliminating these star scorers from these teams, which that'll come in huge in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think you hit everything really on the head. Because, you know, we are doing a little bit more condensed version of basketball. Mm-hmm. I think you got it all down. That's really all you need to say. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I've noticed is that I felt that we were a little bit better about eliminating those six-minute of no basket. Yes, yeah, we, we were. were we were a lot better about keeping a consistent offense. And while it's definitely still lacking – it's, it's improved greatly over this road trip. And to go into this road trip and to go into some of the most hostile environments, Tennessee, Kansas, K-State, yeah. you walk out of those three a losing record, but you split your last four games two and two, and after all the noise that we were eventually going to fall off and fall outside the top ten, you just you got to be happy. <laughs> you got to be happy with the performance that we put on. And, you know, specifically last night's game was really impressive to me because Texas – from like the last five minutes of the first half into the first five minutes of the second half, they went on a 13-0 run. Yeah, yeah they, I that. They went in there, and they were completely silencing the crowd. And Marcus Carr, who's been kind of on a poor shooting streak, actually had a great performance last night in the second half. Oh, yeah. And he showed up, he put it on his back, and I'm going to use something that you said two weeks ago that is the exact true statement now and it's yes. going to be true I love people, right? in a month i think it's the, the truest thing first off i do want to highlight the performance of christian bishop over the yes, last few yeah, weeks he's as he's really picked up and he's really starting to come into his own form he looks dominant and he looks to be the big guy that texas always lacked mm-hmm. and he, what he may lack for in size compared to other big men in the big 12 
and just overall college basketball, he's giving out there in heart because last night and over the last few weeks, he's been crashing the boards. Yeah. He's been getting on the boards that he's been getting up there. But we are a solid Tyrese Hunter, 10 points a game, 10 points a game. A solid Tyrese Hunter can shoot the three ball away mm-hmm. from becoming an actual title contending team. Yeah. And I think that's a very true statement. And it was even more apparent over the last few games, especially last night, where Tyrese Hunter once again did struggle just a little bit. And, I mean, he scored 10 against Kansas State, which was, I think, of the last four games his highest. Oh, no, he scored 13 against Baylor, my bad. But, you know, in general, he's really not averaging many points since we got into competitive Big 12 play. Well, since the leave of Chris Beard as well. well, Pretty much since the leave of Chris Beard. And I think in the last four games, he's averaging nine points a game, which is better than the previous four, I want to say. I don't know the exact numbers. But that's, you know, a tough sell for a guy who is supposed to be, you know, the secondary star. Thankfully, Timmy Allen's been great. Like you said, Bishop stepped up. Um, but it's it's got to be better from Hunter. It, it has to be. But you have to, you know, you got to give Coach Terry his props because we played, you know, a one, if, if we're talking about tournament standards when we played these teams, a one seed, a two seed, and two three seeds and split those games. That's a great amount of competition to be splitting, you know, Absolutely. with three of them away. I mean, you got to be happy with that. I, that's just, you know, you, you can't take that for granted. And now Texas gets a very easy stretch, you know, cross our fingers, but two home games and an away game at Tech, which yeah, will never be hard or four, never be easy. Four of our last seven are at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah four which of is our huge. last seven are at home. And, you know, three straight unranked opponents. Hopefully that can help them, you know, pull a little bit away in the Big 12 because right now they're a, they're a half game above Iowa State. I believe if Iowa State wins, they're tied. Iowa State having the tiebreaker, so they'd be in first place. Um, unless they do overall standings for tiebreaker, I don't really know. But either way, they're still a first place team in the Big 12 for a little bit. And, you know, there's three more games that are probably going to be wins, hopefully going to be wins, to get to 11-3 and three in the uh, Big 12. If we show up, you know, at, uh, at home versus uh, Iowa State and we are 11-3 and three in the conference play, this team has a good shot of, you know, winning at least three of, the next, of those last four games that are all going to be against ranked opponents. Oh, absolutely. Um, we just need to see this team, you know, I think these next three games are the games where we need to see Hunter develop a lot. We need mm-hmm. to see the rebounding improve because though you said – as we said, Bishop improved a lot in the rebounding. You saw in the Kansas game too much that was going on with the rebounding where they'd get second and third chance opportunities. We're not crashing the last That Grady Dick three last night was huge. When oh, they got yeah, it yeah. On, the, on their third chance and yeah. they just beat us on the board and threw it to Dick in I mean, the that, that felt like the That felt like the, the, the clincher. Oh, like it did because it pulled them to a nine-point lead yeah. and it was just too much, yeah. And, like, you know, one guy who I've, I've been giving love to thinking that he hasn't been getting enough playing time. I think Dylan Mitchell is a bit of a culprit with that because he's so athletic, he gets up for those rebounds, but he's got a bad tendency on uh, defense to just tip it out and hit it to the opposing team's players, which that's, you know, something you learn and you develop, which will help you a lot if you're on offense. You know, he helps that a lot. He'll get two offensive rebounds a game because of that. But then if he's giving it to the other team and losing his team a rebound, it's kind of canceling it out. So Mm -hmm. I need to see a little better from him. But in general, the offense has been really good. They're still scoring a lot of points. I mean, the only game where I felt like they weren't really scoring that much and like since they got into the Big 12 was really that Kansas State game. And that was just more because it was a defensive focus game. But every single game, they've been scoring above 70 pretty much and very, very good efficiency compared to many Big 12 teams. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm, I'm a lot happy. I'm happy with, with how, where they're at right now. Like I said, I think they can win these next three games. You know, second, second toughest schedule in the Big 12. I think top five in the country so far. So this is a team that's doing really well despite a lot of odds been thrown against them, and mm-hmm. I'm just happy about that. I mean, I agree, but like those last three games, though, they are they, they are hard. Texas, Baylor, 
Texas TCU and Texas Kansas, and you're playing your last three, two of them on the road. Yep, two of them on the road. That's that's going to be tough, and that's going to show us a lot about this team's mental toughness mm-hmm. too, as well. So, a lot to look forward to with Texas basketball, though. For sure, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for March. I want I want it to be March already. I agree. I just yeah. I mean, I was decently surprised by the the performance in particular over the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think Texas basketball has proved a lot of us wrong. Um, I think the best win still was that K State game, though. I yeah, think that was that, our that best win of the just... season. I am really interested. I'm going to bookmark it that March first game against TCU. Yeah, at T- TCU. If TCU dominates us on their home court, it's going to be bad. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And, and one thing I want to say about this team that I don't really know if it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, like like what what it is. But if you notice, they win. All the close games. There's very few games that they lost, except for that Illinois game where they lost in overtime, where it's close and they don't pull it out. They pull out these close games. Absolutely. The problem is that they lose by, you know, 10, 8. They, they lose in the last four minutes. So I feel like this team, if they can solve that 8 to 3 minute mark in the second half, this will be a really, really good squad. They just need to, obviously, the first half and then be not go on those really bad streaks of scoring and... They are clutch. Marcus Carr is one of the most clutch players I've seen mm-hmm. put on a Texas basketball uniform. So we're we're in a good spot in general if those small little things can get alleviated. I agree. And with that, we'll be in our transition because we can't give away all of our good talking points. Good point, good point. <laughs> but we do have a lot to talk about Texas basketball and a lot coming up this season. Which brings us into the NBA season. Mm-hmm. As it is now going to be, we're getting pretty close to the All-Star break. And once the trade deadline, once the All Star break is over, the trade deadline ends this Thursday. That's when the NBA becomes something else. And like, don't get me wrong, the NBA has been fantastic this season. I, I myself, I think this is the most I've actually ever paid the, paid attention to the NBA yeah. probably since I was like a junior in high school. I've been liking it a lot more this year. Oh, it's been fantastic this year. And you know, for myself, the San Antonio Spurs, I want to mm-hmm. see what they do. There's a lot of rumors that we're going to get involved in the three-team package for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I've heard that too. I don't believe that's going to happen. It doesn't seem like it is. However, last year, our general manager turned Thaddeus Young into a first-round pick. God. Did that, did that, have you guys taken that pick? Or yeah, yeah. It was Malachi Brandon. Oh, well, yeah, right he'll now, take him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's... He's a developmental player, but still. <laughs> he's put up, like, 42 points over the last two games for yeah, the Spurs. Like, he's been absolutely outstanding. We'll take that. <laughs> oh, it was great. I believe it was the 25th pick, I want to say, is what we got for Thaddeus Young. So, Jakopoidl, he's out there. Spurs, <laughs> Doug Spurs, McDermott. <laughs> tournament of first-round pick, please. The Washington Wizards, obviously. Oh, Evan's team about that, did team. trade away Rui, uh... How do you pronounce the last name? Hachimura. Hachimura. Ru Hachimura to the Lakers. You got back Kendrick Nunn. Finally, you're the one that's not saying the – or I'm not the one saying the hard last it name. It was hard, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still want to botch it. But, of course, the big news is what recently just happened on Saturday. Kyrie Irving did request a trade. It was completed. And Kyrie Irving is now going to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Brooklyn, in turn for this trade, receives Spencer Dinwiddie. So he's back in Brooklyn. Back which in obviously, Brooklyn. Honestly, I'm really happy about it. Oh, I'm not, yeah, I was going to talk about that. Spencer Dinwiddie in Brooklyn is one of my favorite players to watch of all time. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like with him, and you know, you had uh, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, for a little bit of time. Jared Allen. That Joe was, Harris going off for Joe, them. That was one of the most fun teams I've ever watched. Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2027 second-round pick, a 2029 first-round pick unprotected, and a 2029 second-round pick is what Brooklyn's getting back. Dallas is getting Markeith Morris and Kyrie Irving. So I like how you said Markeith Morris first. Yeah. <laughs> Instant thoughts, guys. Evan, give it to me. 
who's the winner of this trade? I mean, I think it's a it's a very average trade for both teams. What I will give Brooklyn is that you know Kyrie was leaving after the season. He requested a trade, knowing Kyrie Irving. This he probably wasn't going to play another game for the Nets. So getting back two solid role players, you know, I don't want them to be my second and third best players, but Dorian Finney-Smith is a lot for a team. You're never unhappy with him. Spencer Dinwiddie, not the most efficient player, but can put up 30 points if you need him one night. And Absolutely. three picks for you, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, Mark Morris is the most nothing player in the league. Sorry, Markeith. Um, and Kyrie Irving, again, if he's not going to play for you, he's negative. So getting rid of him, you know, that works. On the Dallas side, you get the best player that Luke has ever played with, if he plays, and can keep his head in the game. Because it's Kyrie Irving. You know he's going to struggle with that. But if he's on, I mean, he's an all-star starter this year. I don't know how they're going to do that with the all-star game. That's not really that important. But uh, who cares? This is a this is a high, high-level player, and you are adding him a second ball handler with Luka, which is something that Mavs fans have been begging for for a while. And at least, you know, it was with Brunson, and now this year they let him go, and he's been balling out. But, you know, he's averaging 27 points a game this year. Adding that with Luka, who's, you know, a 30-point-per-game scorer, that's a – crazy duo out in the West. I mean, is there a better duo out in the West? I wouldn't say so. Yeah. I would make the argument that there's not. Yeah. I would say maybe a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's probably but that's probably the one you take over. But even then, like, you know, one's a million years old and the other's made of glass. So, yeah, yeah there's but really not to too fair, much. To yeah. be fair with the Mavericks, it, it, let's not talk like uh, Kyrie Irving is not free of faults with his this, all his crazy stuff. This is true. But, what has Kyrie done? Oh, well, just like his crazy thoughts. And oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not saying he's done it. We're not accusing him of doing anything specifically bad, but he's he's had some interesting posts and thoughts and things like that. So. He's single-handedly one of the worst social media presences. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, but he's a great player, which is what we'll give him. I he mean, is if, a if super, you, he's a superstar. Yeah, you know, on their averages, Luka and him combined for 50 points a game for you. So that's pretty crazy. And then, you know, Christian Wood, Tim Hardaway, being like the rest of your kind of core, I guess Maxi Kleba would be closing out games with them. That's not a bad like starting five. And it's Absolutely probably not. better than what Mavericks have been, you know, seeing for a while. This is a pretty good team and I, I like it for them given that he can play. But I just don't think there's it's gonna happen where he's playing, you know, three straight playoff series for them, completely fine playing twelve to, you know, eighteen games. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I really don't. So I think Brooklyn got what they needed to stay relevant. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant can still make a team relevant no matter what. The starting lineup with Dinwiddie, with, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith coming in, Nick Claxton's been very good, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons off the bench. Not a bad team, but I don't think this team's going to win out of the East. Okay. East. What about you? Tim's going to win out of the East? No, I'm saying the, net, the Nets. Okay, okay. Sorry, you stood me off. Um, honestly, I love this trade. Yeah? I, I really do. I love this trade for a few reasons. One, I know Ben Simmons isn't playing right now, and he also is a big what-if factor. What is this player? What is this guy? I think that if Ben Simmons eventually comes back and starts playing again, um, now once he comes back, I think it's better because Kyrie Irving is the main ball handler, but when Ben was having his best years in Philly, I realized this was about three years ago already, <laughs> but when Ben was in Philly, he was the primary ball handler. Kevin Durant can play isolation ball. Spencer Dinwiddie can play off the ball. Yeah, That's not a problem. I think that's good for Ben Simmons. But, I mean, for me, my biggest concern right now with the Nets is, to me, it seems like you are now in full-on rebuild. Well, I, I don't think I you can say full-on with Kevin Durant. But I see what you mean. You're, you're not playing to 100% to win this year. You're not playing 100% to win. So what happens now when Kevin Durant comes back from injury? And what's Kevin Durant going to want this summer? Because you can't have a summer without Kevin Durant wanting something. 
So the question is, what's it going to be this summer? Is he actually going to want to trade? Is he going to get a trade? Regardless, the worst thing the Nets ever did was trade for Kyrie Irving a few years ago. Probably. Because then Durant came in, and then James Harden wanted to be there. That experiment failed, and we talked already talked about that earlier this season. So for me, it just seems like Brooklyn just needs to count their losses and offer Durant a way out this summer. Yeah. I think if I'm Brooklyn, I'm doing that because they did the smart thing by trading Kyrie Irving because they could at least make sure they got some value back. Yeah, I mean... But if I'm Dallas, I'm happy. Yeah. Because for the first time ever, Luka has a superstar. True. Let's not call Kristaps Porzingis a superstar. All right? he, was, he was a good fringe all-star when he, he was, was playing for them. A good fringe all-star is but the he was way to put it. it. Um, let's not talk about how excited they were when Tim Hardaway paired up with mm-hmm. him. Like, they thought that was going to be a game-changer. It wasn't. But I think that you have this young core of Luca, who's only 23. People forget that. He's only 23 years old. Maxi Kleber is a decent backup role in a power forward. Yeah. But you also have a young Christian Wood. Wow, Christian Wood's already 27. Yeah, you okay. thought he was younger than he was. I literally thought Christian Wood was like 24, 25. But I see what you're trying to say is that, that the core with, you know, Irving and Doncic, if they can keep Irving next season and he's not exactly. crazy, I mean, Ir- bad. Irving's only 30, guys. Like, yeah. NBA players' lifespans are getting longer now. Like, he can, he has a solid three to four years of excellent basketball left in him, minimum if he wants. And I don't think Kyrie's going to cause any drama because Kyrie Irving is now going to be a free agent this summer. Yep. So it's going to be, is the team only going to offer him a one-year deal or is the team going to offer him a four-year deal? You know, Kyrie, Kyrie's going to... He's going to want four. Kyrie's going to want four. Four is obviously what you're going to want. So, and I think that, honestly... This team, now, I don't think they make it out of the Western Conference, but I could honestly see this team making it to the Western Conference Finals this, this year. This is the most open the Western Conference has been in a while. Exactly. As, as much as Denver looks great, I mean, how many teams look elite as compared to last year? Here's the thing, I'll, here's the thing I will say about the West. And, you know, Sacramento having a tremendous season, 30-23. However, Sacramento hasn't been in the playoffs since, like, 2004. Unexperienced roster as well. They're not going to know. They're super young. The Los Angeles Clippers have the most injury-prone roster in the world, and now apparently they're reportedly trying to either trade John Wall or buy him out. Cut him, yeah. The Phoenix Suns look lost. Yeah. They look like they don't know what's going on this season. This is not the team that we saw a few years ago. Golden State, Steph Curry's out for a month now, and Klay Thompson is a shell of what he used to be. Mm -hmm. The Warriors, I do think, can still be competitive, but there's just too many... Defensive holes, I would say, especially after their championship, that these young guys just aren't going to be able to pick up in the NBA playoffs. Mm -hmm. Now, Kyrie Irving is an experienced winner. He has led a team to an NBA championship. He's been to the finals a few times. He knows what to do, and I think he's going to help Luka get over that hump of making it past, what, the second round? Well, they made made the Western Conference Finals that that one year, but I I think it was 2021, I want to say. But, yeah, yeah, it's about getting over that hump and and really— They will get over that hump. I think they will make it to the Conference Finals this year, where ultimately I do think that it's just— Like, I want to say Denver, because Memphis, ever since they ran ran their mouth a month ago— they have been, like, one of the <laughs> laughing stocks of the NBA. Well, and people are targeting them every single night. I was going to say that because it feels like, you know, Denver, we're too close to the season to lock any team into the one seed. But as of right now, Denver is the only team that looks to be, you know, top five in the NBA that's in the West. And apart from that, they're, they're looking great, and their team's fully healthy, which is why I think they're going to be the team that makes it out right now, I'm saying that. Um, and they look like the best. 
Then you get the Grizzlies, and there's been a lot of noise around them, like you said. You know, John Morant got in another kind of problem. I, I'm not, not going to go too into that recently. Not worth but, it. Um, yeah. Not worth it. But, you know, it's a team of a lot of players who are very big media presences, and they're doing well. I think they can be the two seed. But they they talk too much for having no actual playoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, they, this Grizzlies team reminds me a lot of the Atlanta Hawks team where they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then the next season, they were talking and running in their mouth, and they were like, the NBA regular season is just boring now. <laughs> Only for them to just get trounced and bounced in the first yeah. round. I, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I really think that the three biggest threats in the West right now are going to be the Nuggets, the Mavericks, and I'm going to say it, a healthy New Orleans squad. Okay. I, I think, don't, yeah, I think a, even though they're that low. I think a healthy Pelican squad can do some damage. Well, and I doubt they stay as a nine seed the whole. I think they could come into like a six or seven. Well, especially now that the Warriors, because the thing is, if you look at the Pelicans and the Warriors, there's only a two-game difference between, excuse me, there's a half-game difference. Mm-hmm. If you get in the seven seed, you don't have to play, or excuse me, if you play like the seven, the six seed, you can avoid all that extra mess. You know, like I think... Honestly, at the Pelicans, because oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I want not, I want not tangent there. No, you're good, you're good. Like from five through ten, ten these games, games are only separated by two and a half games. Yep. it's really honestly anybody's in the West can take it. Yeah, and so that's, that's why it feels like the one seed is locked up. In general, I think the Grizzlies are going to take the two seed. That three seed right now is what Dallas is going to move into in my eyes. I think I you know, the King, the Kings are great, but it's a young team, an inexperienced team. And I don't think they're going to be contenders right now. But I, lo- I you listen, light the beam. Kings are a fun team. Oh, facts. Clippers, three, three years from now? Oh, yeah. They have yeah. so much potential. They're, they're, they're so fun. I don't see the Clippers, Clippers doing anything. Yeah. Suns are over the hump. Warriors, at least not in the regular season, it's going to happen. T-Wolves are T-Wolves, T-Wolves are just kind of their playing team to me. But I, like I said, I think that the Pelicans can bump up a little bit. I do think that you know the Jazz have their honeymoon. They've gone, gone back down. I think they can go back up, mm-hmm. depending on what they do. If they do full sell, like there's been some rumors about them trading Conley and Beasley to the Lakers and getting picks for that. Which I think they should. If I'm oh, a Jazz should, fan, I would totally want that. But I also think there's a chance if they just let it, let it happen, they could win some more games and get into like a uh, non-playing spot. But do they want that? Maybe not. But if I'm the Jazz, I have to remember, who's my GM? Oh, wait, that's Boston's GM, Danny Ainge. <laughs> the guy who will always sell out to either win or go home. Yeah. So I think I that, wish the Wizards would do that. Facts. I think Utah is going to choose to go home, and I think they should. The Trailblazers are always going to be stuck in mediocrity <laughs> for as long as they're around. But, I mean, the Timberwolves, for me, I like – I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this for the first time with you. Like you said, you can easily – cross off teams that aren't threats. You can cross off the Kings. You can probably cross off the Clippers. At the moment. At the you, moment you can cross that. off the Suns. If the Warriors don't improve, we'll see what happens there. The Timberwolves, Rudy Gobert is going to become unplayable in the playoffs. <laughs> and that's going to hurt them a lot. Yeah. But Rudy Gobert just has... Everyone knows how to beat him. And everyone knows exactly what to do to exploit his weaknesses. If you can take Rudy Gobert out of the paint, you're going to get a bucket. Well, and like, what's what's the matchup going to be? It's going to be the Nuggets versus the ja- or the Timberwolves, if, mm-hmm. even if they make it out of a play-in. And Gobert's going to have to be matched up against Jokic, which would be a center nightmare because he'd have to go outside. And Because Jokic does not play under the basket. So either they're going to have to switch him on to, like, Jokic is just going to be driving, driving the whole game and shooting threes. Yeah, well. and then they're going to have to put Gobert on, like, Aaron Gordon. Like, that's just not going to work. It's so. not going to work. So, I mean, this is... I'm excited yeah. because oh, yeah. now Luca doesn't have to put up 30, 40 shots a game. No. He doesn't have to do all this incredible stuff that we're used to Luca Doncic's doing, the boy wonder, the as boy people call wonder. him. And I think Kyrie's going to be motivated for these, what, like 30, 25, well, I mean, if, if 25 this, remaining if this games? If motivate him, games? whatever will. 
Nothing. Like, and also, what, what's going to happen for him is that this is this is going to be his ultimate prove it. I feel like we say it every time with Kyrie, but if if it's not now, what when is it going to ever work out for I him? Agree. The biggest risk is that if this doesn't work, then three four years from now, Luca's not going to be there. Yeah, Luca's going to force his way out if this doesn't work. So Dallas really is kind of. Putting all their eggs in one basket. Yeah. I, but like I said, I think this will make them a top three team in the West, and I think it will make them a team that may, maybe it's not the favorite to make the conference finals, but very good chance to beat older teams and make the conference finals. Because at the end of the day, what team has a better two-man game that's going to be in the playoffs? Probably none. none. Maybe maybe the Pelicans I'm looking at with Jamal Murray playing really well, but not Pelicans, excuse me, Nuggets. This, but, is, um, this is an elite team now. Yeah. This like I mean the, the main problem is the depth, but it's the playoffs. The depth is the problem, but also they're gonna like, run seven players anyway. <laughs> you are and Lucas. Lucas gonna be playing forty a game no matter what. Yeah, forty five so. probably. <laughs> Give him three minutes in the second quarter. That's it. Honestly, yeah, but it is a good time to be a Dallas fan, in my opinion. Yep. Um, Brooklyn, we'll see where you go from here. <laughs> I mean, that's it's it's yeah, it's gonna be weird. Weird. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. With that, we're actually gonna go ahead and take one brief break. And then we haven't even talked about it yet. Guys, it's Super Bowl week. It is. How have we not even mentioned it? We haven't that? even mentioned it. It's Super Bowl week. We will be right back with your score predictions. And then we will finish off with our very biased and very opinionated mm-hmm. top five Super Bowl games. As, our, as our last little parts always are. It's who we are. We'll be right back. Right All right, guys. And we are back at the 40-yard line podcast. We really need to get like commercial breaks or outros or something. No, I'm so, I wish we had a video recording on JC. Just did the most heinous movement of his hands I've ever seen. Let's it was a dance move. No, that was not a dance move. That was like just problematic. Okay, whatever. Evan <laughs> doesn't understand who I am as a person, and that's okay because we've started beefing this week officially. Oh, yeah. Just Let's to make go. just to make the content better, yes. guys. Like I said. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I don't really care anymore. My heart's not in this game. Yeah. It's the battle of mid versus mid, but we do have to cover it. <laughs> the because two we, Super Bowl teams mid. They are. I'm just going to say it. Uh, we got to cover, you know, just a little bit of it so we can jump into the conference championships and give you all that recap. We took off the week because you couldn't pay me to talk about the Pro Bowl. Oh, God. <laughs> so You couldn't pay me to watch the Pro Bowl. I watched exactly zero minutes. I think it. I watched two minutes in uh, my apartment's lobby. Yep. Either way. Anyway, starting off with the snooze fest, uh, just just bad luck. Just yeah. really a bad luck. Tough beat. Really unfortunate. And what I thought was going to be the Philadelphia Eagles finally getting tested <laughs> turned into just an absolute tushy spanking by that's the, a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it really just started off in the first five plays when Fred Warner got hurt and left for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That kind of set the tone for the game very early. On the first drive, the star of the show, the Golden Goose. Mr. Overrated. <laughs> him, Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy, was hurt, uh, had reported of an elbow injury and stepped out for the rest of the game. Then we brought in long-time, long-time NFL backup, uh, veteran journeyman Josh Washington Johnson, football team legend Josh Johnson, Washington football team legend, who was drafted back in 2008, which is absurd. That's quite a long time ago. We brought him in, and he posted a pretty nice stat line: seven of thirteen for 74 yards before getting a concussion and then putting in Purdy. So then San Francisco was going with officially no healthy quarterbacks, and Philly just put it. 
Philly just put the game away 31-7, wasn't close at any point, wasn't interesting at any point. Just really a really boring game. Such a bland game. Because Philly needed to do nothing. Like, they didn't have to do anything. They had to not lose the game. Which was evident in the stats. Jalen Hurts, 121 yards. Your leading rusher went for 48 yards. Your leading receiver had 36 yards. Yeah. Like, you only had 269 yards of total offense because you didn't have to do anything. I mean, like, they are playing against the 49ers defense, which no matter what would be tough. But it does help when, you know, the Josh Johnson's in. Uh, I felt bad for Purdy just because he shouldn't have been put back in that game. Absolutely. I, I get that you, you know, you only had two healthy quarterbacks, and the healthier one was Purdy at that time. But he was uh, – what we heard that he, like, couldn't feel his nerves in his hands. He couldn't really feel anything in his arm. That's just not a player that should be out there taking snaps. I heard some people criticize Shanahan a little bit for it. I don't really see it. This game was never going to be won by the 49ers once Johnson went out. Uh, What's well, Purdy won out the game? Was never yeah, I mean, yeah, that. But there was yeah. still a chance of at least having a quarterback in Josh Johnson. But once once that happened, this game was over. And I do wish we could have seen a little bit of Wildcat with McCaffrey and Mitchell and Samuel. Something fun like that. McCaffrey can I thought it would have worked. I thought it would have worked. I, I, don't think, I don't think it would have won them in the game. No. But, it would have been nice to see them get you know a few more first downs here or there. Uh, like yeah, like we said, Eagles just kind of you know ran out the clock, gave a lot of players carries, uh, and cruised their way into the Super Bowl. Not the hardest of um, competition that they've had to play so far this uh, playoffs, but that's kind of what you get for being the one seed. Either way, this was by far the less interesting of the two games. Kind of just a slaughter by the Eagles, Which and uh, turns yeah. us into the sell of the year. Yeah. The very fun game, I will say. That I did. Time. I hated it. I didn't enjoy it at all. To be fair, though, though I had been saying Bengals Eagles since the start of the uh, playoffs. I really wanted the Chiefs to win this game. I did not want to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl again. I'm sorry. I just do not like the Bengals as a team. Uh, I also I don't, like the Eagles, I so like I guess you. that shows you who I'm rooting for. Uh, but big, big game this was, and Kansas City, you know, they they had they had it all going out for them, and then Joseph Osai kind of. You know, Texas Longhorn legend made a, made a bit of a mistake, I will say, at the end of the game. He pulled a Texas. He, put a, he pulled a Texas. He pulled a which, Texas. Uh, you know, got them in a field goal range, got them in a chance to win the game. And, I mean, it felt like the Bengals were in good position to win this game. And though that wasn't the deciding play, no one played perfect on the Bengals side. Joe Burrow wasn't great. Uh, there was no running game. It, it is unfortunate that Osai did have a pretty deciding play. You know, I know that, like, we always talk about, like, there's never one play that single-handedly loses a game. No. Uh, people don't really understand that. It's a culmination of different things. That's all games are. And there's always going to be one play that everybody remembers, though. Yep. Unfortunately, it was this one. Yep. And I just... I I know in my heart that it was a roughing the passer. But I hate that we let refs determine the outcome of this game. Yeah, you have to call it. You did. You had to call that I I, I know it's just... It, it feels wrong. You want to see more football. It feels so wrong to call that because it feels like such a sell. Because once it happened, there was no way that that kick wasn't going to go through. Yeah. There was no... All, re- all the momentum's just gone from Cincinnati at that point. There's... Yeah. It was unfortunate. And the fact that it happened to Joseph Osai hurts. Mm-hmm. Because he missed his entire first year and just had an incredible year this season. Yeah. I mean, he, made, he, he made his way up in the lineup. He had a tackle for loss, two quarterback hits this game. And mm-hmm. he, he got to Mahomes aside from that one play. Yeah. Just... Unfortunate way to end it. Uh, there's there's more to this game. Though. He will I mean, be back though. Yeah, he'll be back. The he'll Bengals be will be back. Um, yeah, Joe Mixon won't though. Uh, 
fun good, little segue. Good transition. Uh, he's good transition. yet again an awful person, as we continue to see. Uh, and he has another like case going on. He was already maybe going to be a cut candidate because of his contract. Now the Bengals will be looking to the draft for a running back, it looks like. But you have to say, they, they completely abandoned the run game, but Mixon going 8 for 19 on yards is and on attempts is pretty awful. 2.4 yards of carry is abysmal for a running back who should be the better running back in this matchup. Isaiah Pacheco is cool and all, but he also had a pretty bad game. Uh, just no running in this game. Pure pure air raid football. That's what you love to see. And uh, Mahomes got it done. Marquez Valdez-Scantling got it done, um, mm-hmm. of all people. Travis MBS, Kelsey, of course. But, I mean, that just... I mean, that shows you because the thing that we're about to highlight as well is Kansas City had three receivers leave that game, too. Mm-hmm. They had two healthy receivers by the end of that game. Yep. And yep. one of them is Kadarius Tony, who doesn't count because he's always injured, no, even if he's not injured. And Tony was basically hurt, too, when, yeah, while yeah. he was playing because he, he also stepped around. out. Yeah, so. Weird, weird games we've had, especially with injuries. But as you know, you see it on ESPN everywhere now. The Kelsey Brothers Super Bowl is coming up. Uh, I think that was for our recap. I mean, those games were, you know, we've all seen it. They're pretty fast. Them, yeah, they're yeah. You know, most of the most of the Chiefs game happened in the second half, and it was you know throwing the ball a lot, lot some interceptions from the Bengals side, no running. Uh, it combined eighty four pass attempts for these teams. Uh, but that leads us in. I mean, JC, who do you got? I mean, like, who cares? But um, <laughs> I know who I got because my boy is back, Clyde Edwards Elaire. <laughs> That's gonna decide the game for now, sure. Now I realize that he was basically just like a non-play. But he also had did have an injury, Evan. He's <laughs> he not did. Good at he did have an injury, but they're gonna use him as a passer this game. They're gonna use him as a receiver because he does have some value as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah, he, he has value there. He did at LSU. He did it for his first year in Kansas City. Um, Casey's so banged up. They are unbelievably hurt right now. Like, like, how many wide receivers are they rolling with that are actually healthy? On I mean, Hardman's game? officially out. Hardman's Juju out. Juju and Tony might be questionable. I, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's no way you don't play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I probably. Think, yeah. But Ju- that means at least it's going to be MVS, those two maybe, Sky Moore and Justin Watson as, like, your next guy. I mean, mm-hmm. there is very little help out there for Mahomes apart from Kelsey and that O-line. It is. It's going to be. It's going to be real difficult for them to get anything going. I mean, you're going to be giving Jarek McKinnon, Edwards Elaire so many touches. Yeah. Are we going to see the GOAT Ronald Jones come no. in for a play? There's a chance Ronald Jones gets the second Super Bowl win, which just puts a bad taste in my mouth. Of all people, Ronald Jones to be a two-time Super Bowl champion. It's pretty bad, and it just means that if you have Travis Kelsey, he's currently at 78.5. Take the over take on the that. Take the over. <laughs> take the over on Travis Kelsey, 78.5 yards. Take the over. If I'm Casey, I'm... I'm honestly worried because, I mean, I feel like for the better part of five years, they've gone to every game never worried because they had Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. It's hard to be an underdog with Patrick Mahomes. It's hard to be an underdog with Patrick Mahomes, but you are unfortunately the underdog in this game. Yeah. Because Philly does have an incredible wide receiver duo. They've got a decent running game. They definitely should take Bijan with the number 10 pick. <laughs> uh, if I'm Philly, I would. But, I mean, I really hate to say it because I just – I like the Eagles when they're playing the Patriots, but I just don't – enjoy the Eagles in general because of who they are. I mean, their head coach is the perfect coach for them. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. <sighs> what I, I think... What I will give is that at least, you know, Jalen Hurts has been a pretty cool dude this playoff. He He's has. He's been a nice guy. He has. I just have beef because, you know, OU. 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 Yeah. Yeah. ESPN. We always use the ESPN analytics. We do. ESPN has it at 
That's pretty interesting to me mm-hmm. because I, if I was a better, I would honestly put money on the Eagles in this game. But obviously there's the Patrick Mahomes factor. But, I mean, I think that Kansas City's defense is just too weak. Yeah. I think there's just too many question marks. But it's, for me, the prob- the biggest problem is in that wide receiver room. So I think the Eagles are going to walk away with this game. Yeah. I think the Eagles are going to become championship- champions. And uh, their GM is going to go down as one of the greatest GMs of all time. Howie. Yeah. Howie. I mean, I'm really glad you said that because I was going to try to find a way to segue this. But yes. I, I don't know how, how people have. Let's go. I, I don't know how much people have been on Instagram or whatever kind of apps you use to follow football. But I love seeing these graphics to show these two teams of how they're built because this Eagles offense is like 11 out of their main 12 players are homegrown. The only one who's not is A.J. Brown, that big trade that they got to you know get him. And. That was the one trade. Apart from that, they've drafted every single one of their number one O-line. This might be one of the best O-lines ever, at least of homegrown talent. It's impressive. Uh, It's crazy, especially if Lane Johnson's playing, you know, Jason Kelsey, of course. Uh, And the rest of their offense, all draft picks. And then the Chiefs is completely different. You know, you have Juju coming in from the Steelers. Uh, Travis Kelsey was drafted by them, but three of their O-linemen were free agent, um, you know, guys. Then Marcus Valdez-Scantling was one of the guys they brought in from free agency. So they're different, but then the Eagles' defense is one where they've all over the place. The players they've got, you know, Jamon Hargrave came from my Steelers. Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick, probably their best player on their defense right now, came from Arizona. Bradbury was a free agent. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, not Don't, to rub it in. Is Bradbury um, from New York? Um, Where's Bradbury? He, he had played in New York. He did but, play in New York, yeah, right? Also Carolina as well. Okay. But, Don't um, talk about C.J., bro. We're going to talk about C.J. Darius Slay, Darius of course. Slay. So, uh, but the Chiefs is a much more homegrown uh, kind of group. But I just thought that was interesting. As for my own prediction, uh, this is going to come a lot down for me to the Chiefs run game because of what we said. Everyone keeps that, saying that. Yeah, just, well, my thing is that if this passing attack is so limited, there's only, you know, Patrick Mahomes can do things with like that no other human being on the planet can do. And he can find receivers who aren't good. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to develop that run game to open that up, in my opinion. And... Pacheco's running behind a very good offensive line, you know, similarly good as good to the Eagles. And this has got to be his kind of big game because this Eagles defense is hounding on the pass and they're hounding on the pass rush. And they are have some ball hawks in their secondary, like Darius Slay. And Darius Slay's hardest matchup will be, you know, MVS. That's easy for him. They'll run a lot of zone, I believe. But I think this is gonna be an Eagles favorite matchup, like you said. But something in my gut tells me to pick the Chiefs. And I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. I think we're split uh-huh. on this. I just, it's hard for me to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think right. he's got the chip on his shoulder. Let's do. I'm going to give I'm gonna give my point on what I think the biggest okay. key of this, and then I want to hear each other's score predictions. Okay, yeah. I think for me, this game, yes, I do see the value in the run game of what you're saying. But the one thing that I can say about Casey's defense is that they do have that veteran guy that you can count on, that veteran guy who finally got his first ever playoff sack. In Mr. Chris, Chris Jones, Jones yeah. who is undoubtedly a dog. He's got that on him. I mean, he's a depoy candidate. I don't know if he got actually nominated, but he's up there. Frank Clark, Willie Gay, Carlos Dunlap. And I, I mean, it's, it's a respectable, it's a respectable back, second half, or like, mm-hmm. you know, secondary. I think a lot of this game, too, can come down to how much Jalen Hurts, we haven't heard a lot talk about his injury. It's because he hasn't had to use his arm yet. Nah. He hasn't had to use his arm. So yeah. let's say by some miracle, Mahomes is able to put up 28-plus, which honestly, to me, I'm going to deem a miracle. That'll if it tough. happens, It'll be tough. it's going to be hard. But if like there's just even just a slight bit of hurts that's still like just a little bit banged up, if that Casey line can get to him and force some pressure, that's fair, I, yeah. think, I think that can say something because 
KC does have a real tough defensive line, and they did yeah. make it tough on Burrow. And yeah, they, they get to the quarterback. They, they do. get to the quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're definitely a team that puts a lot of you know put a lot puts a lot of effort into pressuring the quarterback. And you know, Jalen Hurts has thrown less than fifty passes in this playoffs, which is crazy to say because Mahomes almost threw that last game. I would say like forty five. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He had I think forty three last game combined. Hurts is forty nine. So he hasn't had his arm tested most of the year. Honestly, he, most games it's. They haven't needed him to test his arm, but I, I like what you said. I think he will need to step up more than usual. And you know, I'm, I'm I, I'll roast Jalen Hurts bloody. He's had a good season. Now it's time to show that he's ready to be put into this big conversation of players. I Obviously, agree. he's not Mahomes level, but is he getting towards Allen? I don't think so. Is he coming into the but upper if, half of tier two? Yeah. Yes. Is, but is, is, is he two. winning a Super Bowl already puts you ahead of a lot of people? And just as an individual, he's had a great year. So if he wins this game by putting on a great passing performance, I, I'll have to give him my respect. I'll say it. I'll, oh, I'll have I to. agree. I'll have to. Luckily, um, luckily, Madden has incorrectly predicted the winner the last two years. Who'd they say? who they say? They picked the Eagles. Oh, that's good for me. <laughs> so I, saw, I was reading this thing, right? So they get it. So over like the last like five years, they've picked the wrong team twice. Okay. The third year, they picked it the correct team. And then the last two years, they've gotten it wrong. So do they pick the correct team this oh, year? Oh, is there a pattern? I, am, I, am I saying, are we seeing a two-off, two, one-on, two two-off, one-on? One. Yeah, okay. Are we seeing a pattern here? <laughs> we, we might. But, so I commend you for taking the Chiefs. Um, Evan right now has whooped me <laughs> in, the the play, in playoff predictions. So honestly, I really just want to ride with him. But I know we can't pick both teams because then the outcome won't happen. Boring. <laughs> yeah, I know it won't. Yeah, so I have to go with the Eagles here, <sighs> but I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, strictly because it is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I think if anything, end of third quarter, everyone's still trying to recover from that banging performance Rihanna put on. Oh yeah, I'm uh, ready for that. Are we need to see a little Jay Z maybe. Oh, listen, whatever Rihanna pulls out is gonna be good as long as it's music. It's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She's not known for her music these days, so... It's going to be good, dude. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Um, I really... I think what's going to happen is Philly's going to be up 10 heading into the fourth quarter. And Mahomes okay. is going to make it interesting. I think Mahomes is going to bring him back. We're going to get a Jalen Hurts drive. Quick little field goal. It's a one-point game. Philly forces a three and out. Jalen Hurts drives the team down, puts him up. <laughs> I think it's going to be tight. Okay. And... I'm going to say it's a one-possession game, and it's going to be Philly by a score of 35-31. Give me Philly 35, KC 31. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Give me Philly 35, KC 31. Jalen Hurts will get the Super Bowl MVP with over 250 yards passing, but he's going to have over 80 yards on the ground. All right. I think he's I, do, that's an MVP level performance. I think he's yeah. going to do some damage on the ground. I, I'm i going to, uh, you know, I've already blocked the Chiefs. I'm thinking this is a field goal game. It's going to be a game that's going to be decided by field goals. I think that so last, we're thinking tight, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that last play is going to be a field goal. And I think if I'm if I'm betting on people on a two-minute drive, one-minute drive, 13-second drive. Oh, uh, good reference, good reference. It's Patrick Mahomes. I think they'll be down with two minutes left. It's going to be a classic two-minute drill. And Harrison Butker is going to nail a 50-yarder, and they're going to win this game 30-28. to 28. So they'll have been down by one point, and he's going to win this game for them. 
I think. I would love that that happened. I'd be so uh, happy. I, would, I do not want the Eagles to win. Oh, absolutely Definitely not. Definitely do not. No, yeah. Um, we, we don't pull back our biases here. You know that. Um, well, I was like, I mean, come on. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot uh, to not. You have to I mean, if, if they win, he's going to be the MVP. But I think Travis Kelsey will end up being the guy who's going to be the big deciding factor. So I think the MVP will go to Mahomes. So it's going to be a big Kelsey game. Like a 130-yard, two-touchdown kind of Kelsey So you think like a... Like a like a like a Julian Edelman type. Yeah, yeah, but he's better than Edelman, so better. Facts, but Edelman <laughs> also does always put it on. Yeah, he does. He does. He does show up in the Super Bowl. He does. Yeah. You gotta give him that. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a good game. It will be. It's gonna be a pretty exciting game. There's a lot to love about when there's a lot to be excited, but I think yeah, that might might transition us. That might transition to our final game in the NFL season. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, the guy in Teak, you still owe me forty bucks. <laughs> he um, keeps, he keeps owing you. He listened to last week's episode twice. So he heard it twice. He heard it so we're gonna keep reiterating. <laughs> we're gonna keep reiterating. Well, it. I think I think that'll uh, transition us into a list. Uh, one of one of our favorites. You know, do a little ranking. This time it's not gonna be a draft. We're just gonna count down our top five. Now we mentioned it. I wish I had thought of this. We should have been doing top five Rihanna songs. I'll just say it. Oh, but let's shit. just listen out quickly. Uh, wait, what do I have saved in my playlist? Give me a second. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! SOS, please. Umbrella. I better hear Umbrella. That's a classic. Run This Town. Fantastic. Disturbia. Dude, I have a lot of Rihanna You can't songs. have Run This Town because Kanye. So you oh, true, true, yeah, true. So you I have 22 that. Rihanna songs on my playlist. Now, there's a lot. There's 868 songs, but 22 of them being Rihanna, that's a lot. Uh, what, what's my number one here? I'm just going to say my number one. Um, I think probably Diamonds. Diamonds. I'm a big Diamonds, Diamonds fan. Alrighty, guys, so I'm better than Evan, so I'm going to sing you guys my songs. Oh. And. Please sing Love on the Braid. <laughs> somehow, I think. Um, I'm switching my to Disturbia. Nope, switched it. Disturbia. Okay, was there a ranking for that, or was it just a. No, I'm just saying which one was my favorite. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so I should be able to pull up my Rihanna. Let's see how many electron songs I have. Wait, what's 22 over 868? Don't do math right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, just, I just need to see how many, what percentage of my songs did Rihanna. She takes up. Typing. Let's see it, guys. We gotta... 2% of my <laughs> songs. Wait, how do you spell Rihanna? R-I-H. Oh, that's so much easier. Uh, I have, have 27. Have more, yeah. I have 27, but it's like 27 of them are like... Okay, 18... you, have, you, have more, you have more songs. I have 1,800 songs because I'm well-rounded, guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I need to add some of these songs. I'm All looking right. at it. So, I think for my top five... Oh, that's a great one, but I know they won't play that one. <laughs> but... <laughs> Number five, I would like to go to. Oh na na, what's my name? Oh na na, what's my name? I think we might get a little. little what's my name? Are we gonna get here? Drake showing up? No, no, he's not. No. Number five, we're gonna start with Rihanna's "What's My Name." Now, in the Super Bowl, you always need one like emotional, like, oh, oh I love America. Yeah. Oh, this is like, this is sick. You know, you always gotta have for sure that one moment. And there's it's always going to be there, even though it's so not necessary. Because the point of halftime performances is to just like be silly and just have yeah. fun. Like if you guys don't see the greatest Super Bowl performance of all time, this is in my opinion. Look it up: the Justin Timberlake, <laughs> Aerosmith, oh, Run yeah. DMC. Oh, yeah. I think Nelly was there too. Nelly at one was point. there. Yeah. It was the greatest performance <laughs> of all time. Why are they all together? What does Justin Timberlake have to do with those four? It didn't need to happen, but it was. Incredible. So for me, it's always going to be that one. But I think they're going to somehow try to work and stay 
Oh my god. All alone it was a feeling. Also, by the way, guys, he has 27 songs. Three of them are stay. It's just, he just has a bunch of stay repeats. There's a lot of good repeats over <laughs> It's the same song. You just haven't added twice. Don't count me out. <laughs> Number three, she's obviously going to play Disturbia. Oh, yeah. You know, bam, 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 bam. And then number two, which is what, honestly, I think she's going to start with. Please don't stop the music. Oh, that would be, be a great start. She's yeah. going to start with Don't Stop the Music. Now, what's your number one? My number one, it's, oh, I want to do, I want to do S&M because it is a banging song. It's not going to get played, though. It's not because it's not NFL appropriate. Nope. Oh, okay, I'm going to have to go for this one because I just have so many, like, great, like, I, like, I think I've pr twice to this song. Okay. I'm going to do Where Have You Been by Rihanna. Was that number five? Number five? What was your number five? My number five, I I think I did. What's my name? Yeah, oh yes, you did. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Wherever where, you get Vin's a good song. Yeah, yeah. I've been everywhere, man, searching for you, babe. I'm gonna do it with that <laughs> one. Are you going a little remix? Yeah. I think there's a, you know the. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. So yeah, I'm gonna go that guys, one. Guys, this isn't even our actual list. We just we just free like freestyled that. So um, if Eminem shows up, I'm not gonna be mad about it. <laughs> I would, you know, I'm not the biggest Eminem guy, but I, if he puts on the little little monster performance, we'll take it or love the way you lie. I would have thought you liked Eminem. <laughs> I'm just getting profiled. Now. You're not. <laughs> you seem like an Eminem I, I, guy. I had a phase. I'll say it. I'll have it. I had a phase. I what think I everyone should have an Eminem phase. I think everyone has had an Eminem phase. Okay. Stan, Stan featuring Ditto, greatest song of all time. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> we're counting down our personal top five Super Bowls of all time. That's what we're actually doing here. Um, <laughs> we are such awful podcasters. But we, we have fun. Hey, we have still fun. got that second show yeah. now. Uh, that was a good high five. All right. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to start. Super Bowl, XLIX. I don't do actual numbers. Pads over Seahawks. I mean, there's going to be some Tom Brady down here, of course. This list that you're also going to see is going to be things that I remember. So I get that like the greatest show on turf and stuff like that's all, all awesome and all that. But I'm doing ones I remember. Pats over Seahawks. The Malcolm Butler interception. Great game. Should have ran the ball. But that was one of those games that, you know, what, like from the first minute to the last minute, fantastic. Love that game, even okay. though the result wasn't what I wanted. Okay, I like that one. Okay, I didn't realize we were starting at five. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Chinkies! Okay, I guess my number five, I was gonna do that one, but just for like some like some like discontinuity and just to mix up a little bit and keep our viewers interested, I'll take a different one. I will go ahead and I will actually do with mine. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like this game. I'm content with this game. I'm going to do the Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, good one. And Super Bowl XLV. I, I. <laughs> Double I. Now, this one is infamous because of the blackout that happened yep, the in Superdome. the very start of the second half. Um, the, I just, you know, Jim and John Harbaugh facing each other off. The Harbaugh. Mm. It was... It was just a weird game, and it really started. I mean, I just like it because that second half surge by the 49ers. There was that. Uh, wasn't there that? Was that the game where they had like the safety that like the putter got or something? Like there's a. I think San Francisco like took an on purpose safety or something. It was the Ravens took an intentional oh, the safety. Took, yeah, yeah. To keep the game winning, it was when we thought Joe Flacco was gonna be him, which yep. is pretty funny to me. Um, yeah, I mean the two quarterbacks that played this game aren't even really relevant anymore, which no. is pretty crazy to think about, but. 
Randy Moss was on that 49ers team? I actually didn't. Know oh, I didn't that. know that either. He must have been a reserve. Uh, but I think I really like that game. San Francisco scoring a total of 25 points in the second half after only scoring six in the yeah, first half. Yeah, almost made a huge comeback. Trying to make a huge comeback. And, of course, there's my favorite one is the Jacoby Jones 108-yard oh, yeah. kickoff return to go up 28-6. to six. I think – I, I think, think that awesome. was that was the time in my life where I wasn't hating on the Ravens yet because I was kind of too young to understand rivalries. So uh, my my dad's a Ravens fan, so I, was, I think I was rooting for the Ravens that game. See, but it's fine. Now yeah. I would not have rooted for the Ravens. <laughs> no, I think the cool thing for me is I think this is honest to God. I'm pretty sure this is the first Super Bowl I have actually ever truthfully watched. Hmm. Okay. I, I like I'm reading all these other games that like previous like five years before it. And I remember all of these games. But you don't remember specifically watching them? Uh, the only one I remember is obviously my number one choice, which we'll get to later. Yeah, yeah. But after, like, 2007, I don't think I've actually ever watched the Super Bowl. Okay. Prior to 2007. But I do think the first one I ever watched in full continuity where I fell in love with football, I think my first ever big Super Bowl was that Ravens-Niners one. Nice. Yeah. Just so me. I think for that one, it just holds a little bit of a special memory in my heart. old JC just – might have been 10-year-old JC, I guess. I don't even know how old I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was 10. Yeah, yep. I'm young. Yeah, yeah. So that's my number five. All right. My number four. You know, I had to pick a Tom Brady win. I had to pick a Tom Brady loss. Eagles over Patriots and Super Bowl LII with Ooh. 52. 53. 50, whatever. Uh, either way, pretty pretty crazy game. Oh, no, 52, 52. Oh, I was right. Good yeah. bar, good bar. Good yeah. bar. Um, Nick Foles coming in for the Eagles. That was back when Carson Wentz looked like an MVP candidate. And the Philly special, Trey Burton to Nick Foles. Uh, what a fun game that was. It was fun seeing Tom Brady lose to a backup. As much as I don't like the Eagles, I just like the Patriots more. So I was happy with that. High-scoring game as well, and just an overall fun – it was just one that I remember fondly of. Like, that that game just was a good game, and I enjoyed it a lot. It was an incredible game, which is why I actually have that game ranked higher. Oh, okay. So for this one, I'm going to go with my number four, which you also have on your list. I'm going to do the one the year prior. I'm going to take okay. Super Bowl 51 – the Houston, Texas, NRG Stadium, where Lady Gaga had like 10,000 drones at oh the halftime God, performance. The I'm going to take New England 28 to 3. Yeah. 28 to yeah. 3. Obviously, that That's game 34 to 28. James White scampering to the end zone, gets the ball across the goal line. Maybe so upset. Joe Buck with like the most mid call of that game ever, including what an incredible game it was. I'm going to take that one because it was just two teams I hated. It was the Atlanta Falcons who are the NFC South's division like rivals. Yeah, of course. You don't like them. And the, I hated Tom Brady when he was in New England, so I had to hate him then. But just 28 to 3 is absurd. It's it's the most incredible thing I've ever read about in my life, seen about, watched about it. I read a book about the Patriots. It's called The Dynasty. Everyone should definitely check it out. And they go in-depth about this Super Bowl game. And it's the craziest thing because Robert Kraft – was basically like in the fourth quarter, we got to get downstairs before we win. <laughs> like Robert Kraft knew. He knew. He had that. I, I you don't know about that part. There's like, yeah, there's like stuff about like Robert Kraft just like refusing to leave at halftime and Dang. refusing to admit defeat or anything. Like Robert I Kraft know that. was just like, I got to trust Tom Brady. It was fascinating. That's great. I didn't know about that. Thank yeah. you for that. I will, I will double check about the, about the going on the floor, but he was very big about it. And he and his son had a long talk about it in the Super Bowl halftime. Like in oh, halftime. really? Like, I actually don't even know if they watched the halftime show that year. Hmm. Um, I'll look it up. I'll find out for y'all. But you should gotcha. definitely, definitely, that one's my number four because it was an incredible game. Okay. And it's always fun seeing and the Falcons lose. Like you said, you're going to hear, hear me say that one as well. Um, 
my my third one. I think you'll also hear him say this one. Super Bowl XLIV. The first the first one that I feel like I watched fully. Not the first one I Don't remember. take this one. <laughs> uh, listen, you took this earlier. It's gonna be the Saints Colts. Uh, what a, what a win for the city or yeah, city of New Orleans. Just in general, the state of Louisiana. Uh, like you know, he kind of talked about it in the pre-show. We didn't have it on air, but. I uh, had to go through some giants in the uh, in Kurt Warner, Brett Favre was it, and then Peyton Manning, uh, Peyton Manning of course. Yep. Uh, halftime kickoff, onside kick, the ha- ambush, like, the, like, ambush. Like, the, uh, the Tracy Porter yes. pick six to, to pretty much seal the game. I mean, that was just that was quite a wonderful game. I, it has to be top three in everyone's. Oh, it's tough one, and it ain't one. Yep, oh, we, know you, we know you're saying for that. All right, what's your number three? I'll let you. I'll let you talk about it a little more because I'll talk about my number one a little more. <laughs> no, you should. Uh, number three was actually gonna be, um, oh my gosh, what was my number? Oh yeah, my number three was Philly, Philly. Yeah, yeah. Special. It was just an awesome game. I think, I, I, I truthfully think over the last five years, that's still been my favorite Super Bowl game I've ever watched. Yeah, that I, was such a fun one. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, looking over the last five because I was talking about this with Evan. I don't know, guys. I really have not enjoyed the last four years of Super Mm -hmm. Bowls. It just hasn't hit like that to me. I really think the only good one was the Chiefs-Niners one, in my opinion. I mean, Patriots, the the two Tom Brady ones were so boring. The Patriot-Rams one was a snooze fest. Yeah, and then they just kind of killed the Chiefs. Even the one last year, like, I know it was close, but it... it didn't do it for it me. It didn't feel close, yeah. though. It didn't feel close. It didn't do it for and me. And there's just something about Odell Beckham winning that makes me angry. <laughs> also, okay. I just... If I was ever president of the United States... Actually, no, no. Something more important. If I was ever president of the NFL, I would change a rule. Mm-hmm. The NFL Super Bowl is so lame when it's played during daytime. Yeah, I would I never, ever have a game start before night. So all West Coast teams would never be able to like host one. Mm-hmm. But like... It's so lame winning the Super Bowl in the daytime. <laughs> I just don't get it. I, that's all you got to say about that. <laughs> Philly, Philly. Uh, this one for me is just personal because this is the year of the Minneapolis Miracle. Oh, and then yeah. the Vikings went to go play the Eagles and Mr. Mr. Nick Foles absolutely demolished them. Yep. So for me, it just has... You special, like it when the Eagles won. <laughs> it has special meaning because I saw the Vikings get trounced and then I saw Tom Brady lose too. So yeah. My number two. I'm just going to go quickly through it because, you know, 28 to 3. In my opinion, yep. is yeah. uh, only overtime uh, playoff or sorry Super Bowl game, uh, crazy game. Of course, I didn't like the result, but you can't knock the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Mm-mm. And overtime game, just close, great battle. Matt Ryan was an MVP that year, and Brady still won. That that one was the real solidifier of the goat status in my eyes. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that one. What's your number two? Now, my number two is the only game that I've actually ever watched, like pre two thousand seven. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um. It's just a pretty dope game. Let's go ahead and do Super Bowl. What is this? <laughs> XXIV. XXXIV. XXXIV. Yep. If you, if people are very listeners want to feel old, I wasn't even born. Yeah. Nope, I wasn't either. We, we weren't. Do that. <laughs> I'm going to do the greatest show on the turf, the loss, or excuse me, the St. Louis Rams at yep. the time, beating the Tennessee Titans. Um, now, obviously, this game is famous. Well, one, because of Kurt Warner. You know, yep. he comes in and just leads the team undrafted quarterback, used to play in the CFL, named the Super Bowl MVP. That's so impressive. That in and of itself, and the offense that he had is incredible. The Kurt Warner movie is honestly the reason I watched the game. Oh, really? Uh, they I, made I haven't a, watched that. They made a movie about him. Apparently it wasn't great, but I watched I really liked it, so that was the reason I like went to the Super Bowl archives and watched it. Um, but it finished, you know, with the Titans going all the way down to St. Louis's 10-yard line, six seconds left, 
but the Titans receiver Kevin Dyson was tackled one yard short mm-hmm. of the end zone to tie the game. Yeah. Um, it really came down to it. It was just a back and forth game, but the Raven or excuse me, the Rams did go up sixteen zero to start before the Titans came surging back to tie it. So for me, that's fantastic game. Sixteen zero, and then to score sixteen points in the second half and be within one yard of sending the game to overtime. Not getting it. Yeah. How can, how can you not love that's it? That's got to be... So, that's my number two. That's got to be one of the most devastating losses you can possibly have. Oh, it's got to be terrible. Um, I, before I say my number one, I'm going to do some a few honorable mentions because my number one, as you've seen, my list has been on my whole lifetime. And, you know, I none of us said the helmet catch, but, I mean, that's got to be up there. Um, but, I, you know, I think that's... Oh, I remember that one because I... My sister, we were at a friend's house watching that one, and we were at like a like a family friend's house. Yeah. And my sister dislocated her finger right before the game. Really? She like sprained, and we were all outside throwing a ball. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, sorry, JC's sister, but uh, um, I bet she's recovered at this point. Uh, either way, there's plenty of great Super Bowls that like you know happened a while ago. This first Super Bowl, the Bills dynasty. Let's not say dynasty because they lost all four, uh, but against the Giants, that twenty to nineteen game was fantastic from what I've heard. Again, I'm you know I'm only 19 years old. I don't know all these games. My number one, who you know, this shouldn't even be a debate if we're being honest. But people are gonna act like I'm biased for this. This is the greatest Super Bowl of all time. It is 2009, February 1st. Little Evan Veith has not even become a sports fan yet. Oh I'm only God. six years. Oh, I'm, I'm a sports fan. I play sports. Haven't become an NFL fan yet. I am at my dad's. Friends Super Bowl party, Capitol Hill, D.C. I'm watching the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not really watching because I was six. But this is the game that made me a Steelers fan. Uh, 27-23 victory for the Steelers. Three, or I guess I'll just say two, of the greatest plays of all time uh, in Super Bowl history from this game. James Harrison, 100-plus yard interception uh, to bring the game back. Antonio, or Antonio, San Antonio Holmes, the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. It was better than David Tyree. It was pretty good. Greatest throw in Super Bowl history from Ben Roethlisberger. Sealing the game, 27-23 for the Steelers. Mike Tomlin gets his ring. Uh, That was just... Love that game. Love, love rewatching it. That fourth quarter, even though it wasn't very high scoring, one of the most intense fourth quarters in all of football history. Uh, So, you know, you can say there were some better ones. Oh, yeah, this one was better, that one was better. But Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, Steelers... Very few defenses and teams have been as fun as that, like 2009 team. And they went and won a crazy game. It's my number one. I don't care. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. I like that. I like that both of us, our number ones are the ones that, like, are our teams. <laughs> are our teams. Because that proves, like, just how awesome our teams yeah, are. we're just really cool fans. Uh, so this one, I'm going to have to do, you know, he already used it. I'm sorry. But don't worry, guys. I got y'all. Super Bowl. X L I V. So let me see if I can do some quick math here. What is that? That's a uh, forty-four. Yeah, Super Bowl yeah. forty-four. In two thousand six, the New Orleans Saints made it to the NFC Championship. They did not win, but that was one of the first seasons back in the dome. So people are like, maybe this team has some potential. Two thousand nine, a guy by the name of Drew Christopher Breeze. Drew Christopher Breeze. Leads the New Orleans Saints to a Super Bowl win over Peyton Manning, who at the time was the best quarterback in the NFL, against the 14-2 Colts. 
they were both the number one seed, and New Orleans had one of the toughest playoff marches ever, this gauntlet. <laughs> this gauntlet. This gauntlet. And we barely made it to the Super Bowl. The prior two weeks previous, we were in the conference championship when Brett Farva 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 was driving, and he had them down all the way to the New Orleans 30. And all they needed was a field goal to win. Mm-hmm. When he threw an interception to the left side of the field, yep. To Mr. Tracy Porter. Tracy Porter. Tracy Porter. Now, Tracy Porter said... One of the first names I, like, remembered in the NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tracy Porter studied that play. (laughs) Apparently, he knew that was happening. He was waiting the entire day for them to call it because they said it happened, like, four times a game or something like that where they would call that play. So, apparently, Porter was just waiting. He's like, it's going to happen. He picked it. He caught it. Garrett Hartley... New Orleans Saints legend. Oh my God, I remember that name. Garrett Harley sends it through the uprights to send New Orleans to the conference championship, or to send New Orleans to the Super Bowl. And I mean, once you got that much swagger, you're not going to lose. I think, you know, for me, I agree with you, Evan, that this really is one of my first, like, big, like, Super Bowl memories. Um, Yeah, I think for me, like, this, with the exception of the Baltimore game, because the Baltimore is one I watched in its entirety. Now, Super Bowl, that this one, three years prior, what was I, like six, seven? I was young. Yeah. I was like six or seven years old. It begun with none other than Jesse and Adrian, (laughs) my parents. uh, They got me a Drew Brees jersey. Uh, They got me his Super Bowl jersey with his patch on it. Oh, that's sweet. That's why I remember because I still have the jersey. So I got this Drew Brees jersey to get excited for the game. Uh, we had everybody over. We did like a crawfish boil. There was like lobster. There was a bunch of stuff, man. That's so sour. And it was just like a full-on embrace of New Orleans for the day. And it was one of the first times I think I'd actually ever like stayed up that late in my life. Because, you know, I was still going to bed at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock these mm-hmm. days. You know, I was still a baby. Still a little boy. My mom took care of me. She made sure I got my sleep. Mama's boy? Mama's boy hard. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was just... I remember this one because... My dad was in the bathroom when Porter picked it off. Oh, really? He was in the bathroom because he had been cooking all day in, you know, just yammering the cores with the boys. Yeah. So, like, he had been taking care of everybody. Yeah. He hadn't had time to use the restroom. And so he gets up to use the bathroom right as that Porter pick six happens. Oh, my God. I'll never forget that. And I just, yeah. That's that, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty hilarious, though. But, yeah, I mean, New Orleans, 18, 18 straight unanswered points. Coming back from down 10-0 to beat Peyton Manning. The Great. second half, the onside kick, the Tracy Porter pick six, and then going on for a two-point conversion back in the early 2000s of the NFL. Or that doesn't happen. No, that's wild. Sean Payton was him. Sean Payton will bring the Broncos back. He's bringing them back. Drew Brees is a top-five quarterback of all time and is the most un- and should have won the MVP in 2011. Drew Brees is single-handedly. If he had had the teams Tom Brady would have had, Drew Brees would have six rings today. Did you? Uh, did you see? I'm not even going to note on that because listen, it doesn't matter. Did you see the post today that said Aaron Rodgers may have four MVPs, but not a single one of them wasn't fraudulent? And it was saying like Cooper Cup, JJ Watt, Drew Brees, and then uh, the Derrick Henry one was kind of bad, but they were saying three of his four should not counted, and just slandering him all today for some reason. Good, I'm down. Yeah, I will. I know you're not a big Aaron Rodgers. I guy. will slander Aaron Rodgers at any point today. That will always make me happy. But yeah. Oh, I think ending on a Rodgers slander and Drew Brees praise is exactly how JC wants to end this podcast. I think so. that's the only way I want to end my day. Yeah, exactly. It's time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. <laughs> wow, it is five o'clock. Ooh, I gotta get to class. Okay. <laughs> well, 
it's been a good one. I really enjoyed this episode. It did end up going long, despite what I said, like 30 minutes more than what I thought it would be, so sorry about that. Because we started talking about Rihanna, and then, you know, music it's, comes It's up. how it goes. It's fine. Listen, you could have skipped this last segment if we're being real with ourselves. We were kind of rambling. But thank you so much, guys. Obviously, we're going to have some changes coming out. We'll still get this podcast out to you as soon as possible, and we're still going to be working very hard to make sure both of these are just really good, and we want to make sure we're putting out the best content we can. So... Thank you for still listening. Hopefully you guys enjoy the Daily Texan version as well. We'll keep you guys updated on where to listen to that, where to find us. And I think we're going to try to be a little more like Twitter and Instagram, you know, active, just so that we get more people reaching out and seeing all the stuff we're doing. So, so as for me, you know, I had a great little week break, but it's been so fun to be back into the podcast with JC back in his apartment. Me to his left, him to my right. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening this week. I'll let JC finish it up. I mean, I think you covered all of it. I'm not going to lie. I was on Twitter while he was talking. Yeah, he was. So, uh, yeah, my bad, guys. Uh, <laughs> he, knows, he knows me. I always go blank at one point in the episode. Luckily, it happened on the backside today, so we're all good. It's going to be weird now being in a different setting other than my room when we record. Yep. Um, definitely going to mix it up, but we're pretty excited, obviously, like he said, for the future. We're very grateful for everybody that's listening to us, everyone who's giving us support. Um, the 40 is going to be the 40, y'all. Yep. And we are so excited because we're going to start producing NBA content, Texas baseball content. I'm ready for Texas baseball. Um, I'm excited to start talking about recruits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we get to that point, I can't wait to 2026. that 2026. <laughs> I will go ham on that. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a good time, guys. We are so excited, and we do it because we love it. And we can't wait to keep making more episodes that we love. And we can't wait to just keep spending money that we don't have getting food. So. Yep. With maybe that, not tonight, though. Maybe not as much tonight. Maybe not tonight. Maybe yeah. not tonight. We'll see. Yeah. But with that being said, like we're in closeout. I'm Jacob Campos. He's Evan V. Yeah, I am. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys have a great day. Have a good one. Stay safe. We'll talk to you all next week.